Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Independence Report. And we've conquered the technology. So we've made it so it's going to work for both of us. I can see uh, Vivian very clearly, and she can see, and I hope she can hear me fine. Yes, and uh, and we're going to talk. Uh, awesome. We're going to talk for a while and, and talk about your book and your life experience, which is really very, very unique. And uh, we'll get into all of that. Uh, but first of all, I want to welcome Vivian Knabel, and she's an author, and she's got the book From Rubble to Champagne. I love the title. So, Vivian, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Oh, you're more than more than welcome because I'm all about learning about people's life experiences. And uh, you've had quite a life experience. And so yes. we're going to. We're going to talk about that. First of all, um, you have an accent, and so I believe that you you were born in Nazi Germany. Is that right? Yes, in at the epicenter of Nazi Germany, Berlin, in the height of the Nazi power. Oh my goodness gracious! Now, what what uh, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, can you tell me about what year you were born? Nineteen forty three. Oh wow! So it was in the height in of the, the Second height, World War. Yes. Yes, my mother kept me alive among falling bombs and my sister as well. And I was an illegitimate child and uh, belonged to no country because uh, I had no father. Um, and the, the, um, uh, the German law was that the child gets the nationality of the father. Since I was illegitimate, I was considered stateless. So I belonged to no country and had the stigma of being illegitimate. And that, that in Nazi Germany. <laughs> boy, no kidding. Now, you were two years old in, in 45 when the war ended. Right. Um, but Nazi Germany at that time, especially Ber Ber Berlin, was a disaster. Yes. Yes. Most of it was destroyed. And I don't remember the time during the war. I recall the things that happened during the war uh, through what my mother told me, what um, her friends told me, and relatives, and what my sister, older sister, told me. So I, I uh, write about that in the book, but I do remember very well the aftermath of World War II, which was a very tough time. It would have been horrible because, um, of course, Berlin was um, divided into two different factions they had the russians uh, and the american side and that's right. and the and eventually they built the berlin wall there yes. and with eastern germany that separated eastern germany from western germany and it would have been it would have been horrific to yes. even just get food yes you were just uh, that was just on my mind hunger was a constant and being cold in the winter and hunger was a constant and there was the airlift from the Americans where they um, uh, they uh, dropped food on Berlin. So we had something to eat. 
you know, thank God for the Americans. <laughs> if they wouldn't, wouldn't have been around, would not be sitting here talking to you. They, the Nazis would have eliminated me as well. I'm sure of that. Well, you know, the, uh, the food drops that were done were epic in, in proportion because they were huge. They were, yes. were, they were taking, rather than dropping bombs, they were dropping packets of food in, in Berlin because Berlin it was separated from Western Germany. Yes. And, well, and yeah, so right. you were kind of stuck there. Yes. Yes. So my mother was a brave soul. She was a nonconformist, a free spirit, a, a striking beauty, uh, and had a heart of gold. But she was a nonconformist, and that in Germany did not sit too well. No, they were very regimented society. Yes. Yes. And, and so how long did you live in Berlin before your mom was able to get you out? Well, we lived, I, I spent my childhood in Berlin. Uh, my mother eventually uh, married uh, someone, an old schoolmate that she uh, met uh, when he came back from Siberia. He was incarcerated for five years in Siberia and he survived these horrible conditions. And uh, they met up and uh, my mother brought him home and said, now you have a father. And uh, she didn't marry him. He lived with us for years. And uh, so uh, eventually they did get married because they were looking for a better life. And they immigrated to Canada, the land of milk and honey. That was considered the land of milk and honey. So it was a typical immigrant story. I was only 13 at the time. And, uh, and uh, so we got on that ship and, and uh, across the Atlantic to Canada when I was 13. But I struggled in Germany all this time going to school. I, I could not follow the concept of the teacher, although I was so adamant about doing well. I always wanted to do my very best, but I had very low self-esteem and I had a very different method of learning. And uh, they, they just wouldn't, you know, they, if you did not go along with the flow, you were just, you know, you were left behind. And in the end, I was condemned to my mother as dumb and I'm everything else but dumb. Uh, it just shows you, but that again, lowered my self-esteem even more. You can imagine that. And so, and uh, eventually, like I said, we immigrated into Canada and there, uh, the first year we were hungry again because, uh, uh, my husband, my um, mother's husband, um, could not find work. He was a very hard worker, I have to say. He was a tailor, a custom tailor by profession. But the first winter, he could not find work, couldn't speak any English. And uh, we went hungry, and my mother took me by the hand. And she was always very resourceful since uh, after the war, she worked in the black market, uh, striking deals just to keep us afloat you know, before, uh, just to keep us afloat. And she was very, uh, she was a real survivor. So she took me by the hand and we walked into a church and explained in our broken English, our plight to the priest. And uh, he sympathetically handed us $35. So my mother went out and she bought uh, the staples, rice and flour that would last us for a little while. That must have been a couple things. First of all, your uh, your father spending five years in Siberia and surviving that. Uh, did he have stories to come back to? Was yes, it 
brutal stories. Uh, he, I think the reason why he survived is because he was a tailor and he was mending uniforms and that therefore he was avail, uh, able to be inside, but they were freezing outside and starving. And actually my father told us he he's not really my father. My, he was, I was never adopted, but I'm grateful that he did as, uh, care for us in the sense that we had food on the table and he sold clothes for us. But there were other sides that we didn't, you know, that were very difficult for us as children. He, he was kind of abusive in a sense that on weekends he went out and got drunk on weekends in Germany. In Canada, he did not do that anymore. So uh, it wasn't the best role model for me. But nonetheless, uh, he did uh, uh, enable us to have food on the table and have clothes on our back. So I ought to be grateful for that. And I am. And your mother was operating in the black market. To yeah, try she and was striking earth. deals. <laughs> that, that that takes a uh, someone with uncommon courage. Yes, to be able she to was out, an uncommon lady. Woman. Yes, yes. And, uh, and, and also, so, so sorry, but I, I did not finish when you asked me about uh, uh, her husband then. Yes. Taylor. He, uh, he was in Siberia and he said one day he stole a piece of bread, which of course was a horrible crime because everybody was starving, you know, and he got severely beaten. Uh, for that, and it's just, I guess, hunger will drive people to do certain things, you know. It, it's, it's difficult. It, it is amazing to me that people like 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 your father survived, like you did. You were you were a young kid without a country, and you were in Germany, and you were in essentially Berlin was a island amongst uh, the communist uh, country and. Uh, and it was very difficult for you to get food and clothing and the things that you needed. And then schools were, were tough for you, but, but you made it to Canada and the first year was tough after, after that, did things get easier? Well, they got easier in a sense. I begged my mother when I was 14, I begged my mother, uh, let me work, let me go to work. And, uh, she, um, applied for a special permit because of that child labor law. Uh, I was only 14, but I landed a job at a dentist and it was actually, I thought it was a dream job because he promised to, um, to um, uh, uh, train me to become a dental assistant. And uh, I would uh, do always do my best. I was always a hard worker. In the morning before noon, I cleaned the whole office. You know, I remember the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> cleaning those blinds took a, a lot of time and then by noon I put on a little white white nurse's hat and a, a white uniform and I was very developed and I, I stepped into my own beauty already at that time and uh, I did not look my age but one day one of his friends came in and he was way over mid 40s for a 14 year old girl that's that's old and <laughs> And uh, he um, sexually abused me when the doctor was not in the office. And I struggled so much with that because I, it was so embarrassing. Uh, I struggled, should I tell him? Should I tell him not? You know, it, it was horrifying to explain to him what he did. And so I did uh, have the courage and I told my boss because I was afraid he'd come back and do it again. 
So my boss was totally on my side. He he came irate and he said, you know, this man is never going to come into this office again and so on. And but my I told my mother and my mother said, no, no, you have to leave. So I, I left that position. And then worked at the at a five and ten cent store at Woolworths <laughs> behind the lunch counter, making sandwiches with care and heart and serving people. And I actually like doing that because it's my nature to serve, to do something nice for others. And uh, I did it with love and care. One can really say that. But I did realize in order to um, to better my station in life. To improve that, I need to learn. I need to to do to more. So I went to night school and I learned typing and stenography, and then eventually I landed a job at Volkswagen Sales and Service. That you know, icon iconic German car dealer. Yes. And, yeah, I I landed a job there and uh, in the office because I you know learned typing and and uh, stenography and. But uh, first of all, I was uh, working in a big room with uh, older women, and uh, there was no camaraderie, no no connection, and I I slipped into deep depression, and uh, I heard somewhere at the time I'd already bought a used little used car, and I had rented a garage for that in a duplex, and I heard somewhere that you uh, when you turn on the motor and close the garage door it would render the carbon monoxide would render you unconscious and you would drift off to your ultimate end i saw no hope i felt all my efforts were in vain and i wanted to end my life so i did just that i started the motor closed the garage door and all of a sudden a little girl stood in front of me she must have been around six years old and she asked me what are you doing and uh, I just, in that moment, I just turned off the motor, opened the garage door, and I kind of told her meekly, I'm going to wash my car. And then I thought, where did she come from? And she must have entered a side door that I was unaware of. And uh, so she saved my life. And uh, later on, I thought about that little girl, and uh, and it, it was sort of a miracle. And I feel, looking back, I feel... I don't even know her name, but I feel like I was destined to live and to do something with my life. And now I feel with writing my book and writing another book, I feel I'd like to help others that feel depressed, suppressed and uh, defeat. If I can do that, that is my mission now. At the Now I'm at the completion of my life in the spirit stage uh, and I've become deeply spiritual. Uh, and uh, I want to do that. I want to leave this world a better place. Well, that's that is a that is a wonderful goal. I have to ask you though, did you ever see that six year old child again? Never, never again. I didn't even know her name. Never saw that little girl again. And I still remember what she looked like. That cropped hair and short dress. She uh, because I rented that. Uh, uh, a garage from a, an owner of a duplex and she must have lived in that duplex but i never met the family so she came, must have come in there yeah. they are miracles in life to me this is a miracle it was a miracle because you know you didn't know her she never saw her before never, she appeared never. out of nowhere and and it may have been it may have been one of your angels who knows 
I believe I believe someone watched over me. We have a there is a higher power. There is a God, and I strongly believe that, and I feel that within me, and that's why I've become very strong. From from being the weakest link and having so many strikes against me, I became immensely strong. And that of course, true. the turning point was when I was uh, uh, after this de de depression there, and after this incident, I returned to my uh, my life back. I hung, I was clinging to a glimmer of hope, and I returned to my life. And uh, shortly thereafter, a position was opened downstairs in the service department and I had the chance to become the secretary of the service manager. Uh, I applied for it and I immediately got the job. And uh, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I bloomed. I started to bloom because I saw people, there was life. It was not uh, stifling. And uh, one day at, when I was about 20, a man walked in uh, and he, he uh, bought a Porsche and he became my husband. And from <laughs> then on, the pendulum swung from unhappiness and hopelessness to hope and, and, uh, and uh, just the love for life. And champagne. <laughs> yes. This is why I say when I met my husband, that's the time of champagne. And before it was rubble, I came literally out of the rubble and my husband uh, enabled me to have this beautiful life and this is why i decided uh, to write this book from rubble to champagne i wanted uh, to give him a, a, this was a token of gratitude for his 80th birthday for all that he's done for me all these years i've always told him Bilan, you've done so much for me you were the only one you know that believed in me and and uh, uh, taught me to take risks and uh, and keep on growing and i'm immensely grateful for that and i wrote this book as a token to him and also i would like to accomplish to help others that feel suppressed and defeated especially young people you know i was only 17 when i tried to take my life because young people don't see it they, they they think it's always going to be like that like i did but life is not static it, it, it changes even if we don't want it to. So uh, I want to tell young people, you know, uh, have courage, never lose hope, uh, find someone that can be maybe support you, you know, that could maybe support you. And so I want them to know uh, their, it, life gets better. It gets better because they deserve the love uh, um, and and uh, help that you know going through this. It's amazing to me that you that you went through all of that from 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 Germany to and then and then a brand new country at thirteen and and you grew up there and and you got married so you got married very young at twenty by today's standards. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, 20, 20, 21. I was just twenty one when I mar got married. He was also a German immigrant, and he also went through hard times. You know, he was, uh, he and his siblings and his parents uh, were um, in a in a labor camp, and uh, so they they uh, just fled with the clothes on their back and under attack. Always had to uh, go to, go to, uh, uh, lie down on the ground when the planes came over them. You know, 
so it was uh, was very difficult for him. So we related. We could relate to pain, you know. So that brought us together. And uh, my husband became successful in his business, and I also helped him in the business. And he um, encouraged me to run a marathon. He encouraged me to um, to take flying lessons. I uh, was able to uh, pilot a plane, and so uh, you know, from someone who was considered dumb by by the teachers, uh, I I you know I showed them. You know? Yes, you did. That was far the, the farthest thing from the truth that you were that you were not intelligent, because you're, you're sitting here talking with you. You're a highly intelligent woman who has done extraordinary things in your life, and I love your mission that you want to give Thank back you. to help young people understand that it's okay. You will survive this, and things will get better. Yes, they deserve our help and our understanding. I I really believe that and want to give that to them. But also then, you know, we immigrated to the United States, my husband and I, where he uh, went into business with someone else. And, and then eventually he did this, went into business all on his own. And uh, then we made one more big step. We took one more big step. We became American citizens. And I remember, yes, and, and I remember uh, being so emotional when they welcomed me into this country. Because, uh, you know, being stateless, you know, having been stateless and now I wanted to be an American citizen and they chose to accept me. And this country has done so much for us and I'm immensely grateful. And I think gratitude is the reason why I'm so content and so peaceful. I think gratitude is key. I really believe gratitude is key. Well, and you were grateful and you were thankful, but you also had the ter- the, the determination of a of, of a bulldog to yes. not not quit to help yes. and to keep moving forward. You're so right, Kevin, because I believe if you want to make it, you have to persevere and be determined. Without that, it doesn't matter how much you know. If you don't have the perseverance and the determination, you're not going to get very far. And I have that. And I have emotional intelligence. I understand people. Yeah, and you've got a wonderful smile. And you've got a great Thank you. great demeanor about yourself. Now, how long did the book take you to, to write? When did you decide to write it? I would say it took a good year to write it uh, because it was actually easy for me to reflect. You know, all I had to do is go back. And it was a very freeing thing to write. I feel uh, that is my new, my second chapter in life. I started to write and now I'm on my second book. And this book, it will be philosophical. It will also be about aging, the aging process, uh, because I believe, you know, I don't see aging as decay. I see it as strength and wisdom. And uh, I want to age well instead of just merely grow old. And I think there's an emerging energy as we get older to do something new. And that's what I did. I started, I wrote this book and now I'm writing the second book. And uh, my second book will be um, Lessons Learned in Life and Love. And uh, it'll touch also on the, uh, I'm being challenged now again, because life, you know, it can be so perfect, like a puzzle that you've got all together. And then somebody takes a piece 
and then you scramble again, you know. So I, I see it almost like a puzzle. And now my husband is uh, confronted with two serious illnesses, serious heart disease and serious liver disease. And uh, it, uh, it, it is very uh, serious uh, that I, uh, I felt, you know, I almost felt like with my writing, with my words, I could keep him alive, you know, that sort of thing. Because while we were waiting for this trial procedure for him to get his uh, heart valve uh, um, closed with the clips, it is a trial research procedure. We were waiting and waiting. It was a long and hard wait with uh, you know things that problems that in between happened. Uh, so I uh, I felt I kept him alive with my words. And and how is he doing today? Is he doing and now? Better? He's doing better because he was accepted for that heart procedure, um, and uh, since then he feels a lot better. Of course, the liver we still you know we have to manage. We have to manage, and uh, I'm positive that I can still have him by my side for a few more beautiful years. And I always point out to him, look what's good out here. Even if we don't have, you know. At a hundred percent, there's so much good. You always can find good in nature, in music. You know, even he's an he was always an avid athlete. He cannot play tennis anymore, or, or you know, he was an ultra marathoner. He was a real athlete, and uh, of course, there's some grief that he cannot uh, do this anymore. But you know, there are other things. We need to be creative as we get older. We need to to. Um, it's a process of selection. No, if I can't do this, I'll do something else. It takes strength and courage, and we can make it. I am so glad that you're writing this book because a lot of us, as we get older, we can't do what we use. And your husband's, your husband's going through exactly what many people are going through. You can't do what you used to do, and you don't know what you were going to do next. My father was that way. He couldn't yeah. do what he used to do. And so he shut down and it wasn't something that he, so he ended up just sitting on the couch or lying on the couch. Oh, that's and that's so sad. And then depression can set in. Yes. And that's you not how you want, want to live your life. And I also you, encourage people to prepare for, you have to prepare for your stages in life. Maybe that's just how I am. I, everything I do, I always think, where is this going to take me? You know, where is this going to take me? And uh, like, for instance, when people retire, you need to kind of think of what am I going to do when I retire? Have other things to fall back on, not sit on this three-legged stool. No? So uh, I, this is also a message I want to give. And uh, I also talk about the, the wisdom of the great minds. I've, I've absorbed them. I studied them over years, and I live by it. And it's so important that we don't just read about it and are aware of it. We need to actually live it. You know, what is a philosophy if it's simply the awareness of the teachings and rituals of the experts? If you don't live it, you have to apply it. And I apply it. And that is going to keep you young for a very, very long time. You, you, I, I tell you, I did, I did the math. I'm not going to repeat what your birthday day or your birth year, but 78. I'm math. 78. I'm proud of it. <laughs> I'm proud of it. I wasn't going to bring that up. <clears throat> yes, you can. You can. I'm proud of it because I love every, I love this stage of my life. When I turned 70, 
I really stepped into my power and, and then the wisdom, all the wisdom, and I did something with it. You know, so I think aging is beautiful. Of course, sometimes the ability can have the upper hand, but I'm one of those people that is blessed with a sound mind. I'm bright, I'm, I'm very fit and strong. So what have I got to complain about? I'm just glad I was able to have all these passages, that I was able to go through all these passages. And every passage has its own face, its own atmosphere, you know? Yep, I'm convinced. Uh, I know I people my age. See, I'm 63, and I just recently retired from what I was doing. I was a bus driver. But this is my passion. Ah, Talking to people yes. like you is my passion. So this is what I've been doing for a year, for two years now, and I'm going to continue to do it for the oh, rest wonderful. of my life. Because See, it's you're an example. Kevin, you are an example. There's so much I'm, in us. God gave us so much, and we have to dig deep inside and find out what is it that makes me happy? What is it where I feel fulfilled? That is the authentic you. That's you're exactly right. And you, you are living that. And I'm trying to live that because this is what I talking, putting people out there into the world like you who have a message like you have that, that you can live your life in a positive, meaningful way. Just keep pushing forward and keep doing it with a smile and with a direction. And don't, don't think that your life is over and no, you're just in, then not. you're waiting to die. Yeah. You have to radiate your enthusiasm outwards until you affect, uh, infect others. You know, that sort of thing. I'm very enthusiastic about life. I get up in the morning and say, gosh, this is going to be a great day. I always have a direction and purpose. And I, I value the little things, the little rituals, just having my morning coffee, just going with my coffee cup through the garden, you know. And uh, I love gardening, of course, because you're so close to nature and nature is so honest. Um, there's so much out there. There's so much out there. You just have to see it. It is, it is a, if you, if you approach it from the right direction, it's a beautiful thing to be alive and, oh, and to be moving forward and the, and the impact, the positive impact that you can have on other people's lives is enormous. Yes, because you so anonymous benefits on others really by being happy and, and, uh, and, uh, well, it's just content and peaceful and loving, you know, I really believe uh, um, also in uh, in uh, being kind to others. And I think when you have suffered yourself, that is when you know what it means not to have or, or when people suffer, you can understand it. You know, and, and you, I think, I think I was meant to go through this in order to understand what it's like to, and to connect with other people. And I also believe about, uh, in connection. We need to communicate. We need to connect with others. I let people see me, deeply see me. I, I hold nothing back. Even my faults, I show my strengths and I show my fault, my, my weaknesses. I wouldn't even say faults, my weaknesses. And other people would see, hey, listen, she's just like me. You know, and that connects, that builds bridges and uh, show your vulnerability. We all encompass trying moments and difficult times in life. You know, it encourages us to reflect on those positive and powerful qualities that help us survive and prosper. That six-year-old girl was there 
for a reason. And that reason sits here before me today, uh, having written the book um, um, From Rubble to Champagne. She's got another book on the way. She has led her life in a, in a real positive way. And you're making it different in people's lives that you have no idea. You have Thank no you. idea. Who I hope so. I really hope so. With my books, even more so. Because yes. if there's one, just one line, one passage in a book that can help you uh, in your life, then it, it justifies reading it. You know, and, and it's interesting. We live in America, the land of the free and the home of the brave, and nobody has experienced the type of early childhood that you have in this country because it was when we talk about horrific there was i can't think of anything more horrific than being in berlin in 1945 the war just ended they bombed so much of that city that there was very little left and then you're by the way i wanted to ask you how what's the story of your mom how long was she with us Oh, my mother, it turned out to, uh, she, she lived until 90 years old and she stayed in Canada in, in, in uh, Toronto where the whole family then moved to my, the others followed, the aunts, you know, and uncle and cousins, they followed. They all still in, in, and now they live in Toronto and my mother lived until she was 90 years old and uh, she is, she was, she was an incredible woman. Like I said, a nonconformist. It made life difficult because she was a re, re, she was rebellious, but she had a heart of gold. She taught us compassion and all the good values. So I'm glad I had the mother I had, even though it was difficult. But I'm blessed to have had the mother I had. I am so glad that she lived a long and happy life in Canada and and got out of got out of Europe because it it was a long time before Europe recovered. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. This, this were, it was, it was a lot of had to, a lot had to be rebuilt. And uh, I remember, I mean, in the aftermath, um, when I was just about six years old, I, uh, you know, we were always hungry, and I, I marched with a little pail into a department store that had just been uh, rebuilt, and I asked for scraps for my, I, I asked for the cat scraps for the cat to bring some dignity into the situation. And um, the man behind the counters actually cruelly asked me, are you sure it's for the cat? I mean, it just shows you we need to be more sensitive toward others, you know? Indeed, indeed. So if any, if people that are listening to this, can you can take from this the, the, the message that, that um, Vivian is talking about, and that is, you know, live your life fully, be kind. Um, good things will happen if you just keep your keep working and moving ahead, and uh, it's it's worth it. Would you at, at the end of the day, sitting here at uh, seventy eight, you would say that it was all been worth it? Now, wouldn't you? Absolutely, uh, life is the most precious gift, and we made to make we have to make the most of it. I truly believe we all, like I said before, we all have something that we're really good at inside. We just have to seek and search and find out and then apply, do something with it because uh, that is almost your gift back to God for, for the life God has given you. That's how I see it. What you do with it is your gift back. And I certainly I want, I'm, I squeeze it like a lemon. <laughs> you know, I, I, everything that is in here, nothing is wasted. 
and and it's a be it's beautiful it really it really is and you are the type you're somebody that we can hold up as a uh, an example of getting through the 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 bad stuff and then getting and then and then setting yourself up and you kept on going you kept on going you met you met a great man uh, you've spent the what the last 60 years together uh, 56 years now we are Fif married 57 almost 57 years yeah 57 it's, years married. and it's the most beautiful love story it really is because my husband to this day writes little love notes for me how much he appreciates me it it is a truly one of a kind love story because i i mean i'm so grateful to him and i think i think just we are so different and yet we bring to the marriage what is important i think this this uh, your book needs to be turned into a movie what do you think well actually people are thinking about it i've had some interest in it I, I actually had interest in it. I, I think, I, of course, we, it has all the elements. It's got, it's, it's, it, and it's a great love story, but it's also got its negative parts and horrific parts. And, and at the end of the day, you were able to shine through it, strength through the, the, the Berlin, the, the acts of a, of a, of an awful man the the other the things that you had to go through as you go through your teenage years the attempted suicide all of that would make a dynamic presentation uh, yes i think so i think so because it's uh, it's true it's brutally honest the way i wrote my book is brutally honest and i wanted to hold nothing back which i didn't and uh, yeah let's uh, let's just hope we can help other people number one and if uh, if I can, uh, if, if it ever comes to me, it's a legacy I leave behind. By doing what you're doing, you are creating a legacy that you will help many, many people. You know, it's interesting, uh, Vivian, that, that uh, think ahead. Think ahead 5, 10, 15 years. Somebody's going to walk into a bookstore and they're going to pick up your book. You won't have any idea who they are and you yeah. won't have any idea what their story is, but you will help them. You'll yes, help them live yes. their lives because you're providing the example. I can't right. think of a higher calling. And that makes life meaningful. You know, we're not here. Life is not really just a quest for pleasure. It's a quest for meaning. And so I think that things like that, uh, helping another person or just making the world just a little bit better uh, uh, when you leave, then that is, then you've led a good life, I think. I couldn't agree more. You have done everything that uh, that you can do, and you have lots more left. You you do not look you, your age, and and you're spry and you're mentally alert and and stuff. So you've got and your mom lived to be ninety, so you've got good yeah. genes. Yes, so you're, so. you're going to be. Of course, I don't know the genes of my father. Yeah, good uh, point. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, um, I believe I've got good genes because I feel I just feel so good. I feel I feel I'm needed, and I think uh, when you have that feeling you're needed, I think that that makes you even stronger. You know, I have to tell you, um, prior to the interview, I was talking with your publicist, and Grace told me that uh, I would thoroughly enjoy talking to you. She did not disappoint. Oh, I've, thank I've, you thoroughly just enjoying this conversation because of who you are and what you've learned in life. If you could, if you could give me 
your number one thing that you feel like you've learned in life, what would it be? I think uh, to, uh, to uh, I would say mostly to always cling on to hope, I think, and uh, continue to uh, put your best foot forward and uh, persevere and be determined and uh, and i think just uh, have a goal have a goal set goals and stay focused on your goals and make them good goals and occasionally you might not reach your goal but that doesn't mean you should stop right well my goal is, is reached when i what i'm doing right now if i can touch someone in a positive way I've already reached uh, a, a lot, I think. I've already accomplished a lot, Then I think. You know, I, I have said that myself because I feel the same way that you do, is that if I can have a positive impact on the people that listen to this podcast and by listening to you, I then I have accomplished what I set out to do. Yes, yes, of course. And other people might learn from it and... Uh, and uh, it might be uh, it might be a help to them, you know. Yep, and it's it's free will. They get to decide how they want to live. I suggest yes. that you that you work to live in a real positive way because it's a lot more fun than it is when you're feeling depressed and and not not very happy. Absolutely, you know what 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 people have to do is, no matter how how uh, difficult the situation is, ask yourself. What can I find that's good here? That's how I am. I can look for this little crumb of good. And if I find a little crumb of good, I concentrate, focus on that and build on that and something big comes out of it. You know, always look for the good. There's always something good. Absolutely. By the way, what's the name of the, what's the title of your second book going to be? My, that is um, uh, Lessons uh, lear uh, Learned in Life and Love. And then the subtitle would be living uh, with uh, uh, intention, with the wisdom of great, the great minds, because I learned Very. so much from them. That's, that's really, that's really cool. Um, and I studied that for, for a number of years, I'd say at least eight to 10 years that I've studied the poets, you know, they give us values, values, good poetry gives us values. And the, the the philosophers and I studied it and I made notes and I've got a pile of notes and I have so much material and I live by it and I thought I can give this back to others. They can learn from this. Do you have any idea when it uh, it's gonna be edited and ready ready for publication? Well, right now it's in the uh, it's in the uh, proofreading process uh, and uh, then it'll go into print. And so uh, very fairly soon, I would say. Well, I got to tell you, if you, the first thing, so what you want to do, ladies and gentlemen, is you want to get from rubble to champagne and get that book now because that's out and you can go to Amazon or, or any of the major booksellers and you can pick it up, right? Yes, yes. Uh, well, um, Walmart, no, what am I saying, Walmart? Um, uh, Barnes and Noble, you know, has yeah. it as well. And so, and Amazon, of course, yes. And so, yes, that's available. And then the, the next one hopefully will come out very soon. <laughs> I'm excited ask, about it. I, I would be. I, I think it's going to be a monumental piece of work. I think it's deep and good, and people can learn from it. It will inspire people um, 
if if they just want to you have to have a willingness you know you have to be there's a proverb <clears throat> that says uh, the the teacher will appear when the student is ready you know That's there's so something true. to it so if people you know, are ready to learn then is the time and in some cases being saved by a 6 year old child who you'll never meet is an is a validation of who you are. I think there was something to it. It has to be. I mean, this was, was. it was meant to be. It was it was meant to be for me for me to. Uh, I was meant to be here to still do something good. For I, purpose. I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, uh, two things. Number one, can I put your uh, uh, book on my website with, with a link to Amazon? So if they go there yes. and they link on it, then they yes, can yes, buy. Yes, of it. course. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. I, I, yours is the type of work that uh, we revel in and, and is so needed. It is so needed in the United States right now. These, so I, In these times, yes. I think that uh, it's especially relevant in these times where people are suffering because of that uh, pandemic. Uh, so many people don't, they hit a brick wall. You know, how do you get past it? You know, so, so people need encouragement and uh, uh, I think it's it's a, a good time to read this sort of a, a book that I've written. Couldn't agree more. And I, I and sadly I have to go. Uh, and but will you come back sometime? Can we do this again? I will. We can do this with my second book. Absolutely. We can discuss that. <laughs> yeah. Tell tell I'd Grace I'm to, on the list. Kevin. I'm yes, on the list. Yes. I would love to. I would love to do more. And Thank uh, you. it's great. It's great meeting you, and I'm a I'm a bit of a student of history, so I'm in awe of the history that you have lived through, and oh. from 1943 till now, it is the most cataclysmic change in our civilization, and you've yes. seen it all. And I think it is for contemporary readers that uh, want to learn from the past, exactly. You know, with all this these atrocities that have happened. And uh, I really believe, like you said, be kind and uh, and uh, it starts in the family. Teach your children a disdain for violence and a fascination with love and kindness. I think that is very important. It all starts in the family. My mother taught us that and my sister and I, we stick together and we are kind and compassionate. And in my world, you are somebody who is working to declare our freedom from hate, division, and fear and absolutely I, just love I love your work yes. thank you so much Evan. Uh, thank you for allowing me to have a voice oh next time i got a bit of a platform so i'm going to bring you on in the, with the next book make sure that uh grace has uh, got me on your list all right yes of course kevin thank you so much thank you and you have yourself a wonderful day i've got to do this and then i'm i'll be right back to you okay all right, thank you. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.